Hello friends, day eight, bar is closed. It's a breezy, breezy night here in Story, Wyoming. Not too cold, beautiful day. Really uh, still with, other than the wind, it just kind of feels like a sense of stillness, a pre-winter. Very nice. So today, I think some more format started to flow in to kind of think about how I'm gonna continue to carry this conversation on for as long as I am and keep anyone interested, including myself. And you know, what kind of flowed out is I, you know, a lot of thoughts, right? And, and I try to keep them compartmentalized so that I don't give them too much effort and let them kind of roll in and out. And so I'm having this like neat little relationship with myself that I don't normally have because of the podcast, you know, around making more time to have these kinds of insightful thoughts to myself and then kind of figuring out how they shake out into whatever it is that I'm going to speak out in the evening without having it be formatted, as you know. And, but I think what is showing up for me now is I haven't written these down yet, but I probably will, as I now have three written down in my head. They just kind of, and they're, now they're blending days, right? There's things like I don't have enough time to talk about everything or even close to, but so I have three now, and I'll start with the first one, which is really there's, there's never a good time to stop drinking, even moderately or heavily or in any format, if you indulge in, in, in the imbibement of alcohol on a regular basis right? Like if it's really truly become kind of an interweaved part of your, your system of, of making your life work, then, you know, the idea of cold turkey, you know, that's where those inner voices start working against each other. And so there's just never a good idea. I mean, it's never a good time, you know, so I, I, for instance, in my situation, I'm getting ready to start a new job on Monday, you know, after being at the same company for four years, and that's all new. And if it's taking preparation to get there and in, into and now being a part of, I just, you know, got through a major move out of Florida into Wyoming that, you know, took months and was rigorous and emotional and, and just intense so that you got the move things, so a new job, new move, right? Uh, or new you know, house, new home, went through some real relationship dynamics in that time as well, including, you know, breakups and roller coasters and, and just a, the relationship side too was, you know, kind of in a way topsy turvy. And, you know, those are the three major stressors. And so I, I made sure I covered them all. And then I'm still appears to be fortunate enough to be a full time father right now. Both my boys followed me here in 19 and 22 and are starting their lives in Wyoming as well. So that's, you know, that's it's a beautiful day job and night job, 24 hour seven. And so, you know, with that and then going into the holidays, you know, I kind of feel like this is my inner voice was telling me, I mean, this is exactly the time you want a few drinks. And this is exactly the time you want to settle down at the end of the night and, you know, and indulge a bit or, and luckily I, I went from some real heavy sobriety in the early year, earlier in the year to a whole mixed bag of lack of sobriety, moderation, you know, the whole middle ground. So I've got enough middle in there to now walk into my sobriety, knowing what my drunk looks like and, and what my moderate looks like and what in between looks like. And now it's really more about the inner voices than it is about how I play out, you know, the experience with the potion. So there's that piece that I just felt for myself that I just kind of reaffirmed, you know, is this that there was, yeah. And then with other stresses, I, I know that's an impulse. I think of that Pavlov dog thing of like, oh, I just got overly stressed and fuck it. I'm going to pour myself a drink and kind of wind down on that whole thing, you know, and now it's like, I don't have a drink to pour, right? Go get a hot pot of water and get your cup of tea and all that stuff. So there's that, you know, where you get that Pavlov dog experience that you kind of knee jerk experience, go grab a drink. And then you realize you don't get to do that, you know, you know permission for that right now that really circled around me a bit and just realizing that I've had that conversation many times before. And then it really leads into the next piece, you know, which is why I introduced you guys as my friends, having the fact that we've all maybe never met, is that by doing this with you every day, it holds me accountable. My inner voice eight days in can say, what does one glass of wine hurt? 
right? If I'm not really accountable to anyone else and there's, it's not like I'm gonna go find a person, you know, I mean, I understand that there's lots of programs for that and so on, but you know, in my case, this has helped to come home and know that every night I'm gonna sit down and speak my truth and do it from a sober place and an honest place. And so, so I thank you for that because now you're my allies, you're my champions, you're my friends, you know, that's what friends do. That came out of this experience and just from the podcast and the sobriety and the eagerness to kind of sometimes have that inner voice say, you already know you can do this. You already know you can be moderate. What's, what point are you making? And now I have such a much bigger point to make. So thank you for that. I'll reaffirm that the non-alcoholic beer at the bar thing is like golden. I love it. And it's even better. It's like, you know, because now you don't leave buzz. You don't leave wanting one extra one for the road or, you know, you don't leave trying to tip down the very last of it because you don't want any of that alcohol to go to waste. I mean, you might leave a half of a non-alcoholic beer and you don't feel so bad about it, you know? And so that's been really great. It's because I really feel like for me, that would be torturous to kind of remove that experience from my, my life and try to come up with all kinds of different replacement ways. You know, I still want to go in and belly up. So that's working. And I do think once I start to get some of the more really high-grade non-alcoholic red wine, that will be that really kill that crave at home where I'm, you know, sitting up by the fire and getting to chill out to a movie and just want to pour a glass of wine. You know, I still want to do that. So I'm going to really continue to explore really good non-alcoholic wines. And I'll share those with you later on the show. That sounds like a sponsorship, but I just thought of it. <laughs> and then really the final thing for today, because I know we're cutting it short, is the word discernment just really continued to like thump at me. And the more I started to whittle away at it, I kind of started at the very front of it, of discernment of kind of what it might look like and how many times have I been discerning in the last few days. And I didn't really associate it with sobriety or not until I did, which was an internal train wreck is the moment I, I really took inventory on myself and, and, and determined that, how are you with discernment when you're drinking? And the answer is a shit show. I mean, like, it's like totally ridiculous. Like probably 90% of the ridiculous mistakes or harm I've done to others is because I was drinking and I was not being discerning. And then I, you know, I, then with that, I always try to tip it off as to, well, what do you take that with you into sobriety? So even when you're in your normal life, so quote unquote, you know, in your sober life during the day and at work or, you know, with, at family or this or that, all the times that you're sober and you're doing it responsibly, which I do do, but what are you taking with you from when you're not doing it that's still with you when you're doing it? And I can say that maybe discernment is you know a piece that I'm, I start to lack if I'm not making good decisions when I'm drinking. I'm not being discerning enough, which means maybe I'm speaking too much you know, out, of, out of line. I'm, there's a million different ways we can all cut to that. But I think you know, now that I'm, you know, and I'm in a sober space, am I being fully discerning? And partway I realize that there's no way you could be because as much as I've really tried to work through shame in my entire life and as a, as a pattern and, and try to do my best in different ways to try to abolish the whole concept of shame, because I think it's one of the worst self-sabotage things we could really put on ourselves, is though that when you're not discerning, when you're drinking and then you're feeling apologetic for it, but you maybe can't speak to it or you can't share it or it's a, you know, it's a lie or it's an infidelity or it's a million different things it's a, that you might have done in that case and now you just kind of bury it and just kind of make it go away because it, was, it happened when you're drinking and it's not really real. But now you're in these other experiences where you're in your real world and you're being with your real people and they're expecting you to be authentic and real. And, you know, are you able to be 100% confident in your authenticity and therefore also be able to kind of come from your core and be fully discerning with whomever you're in front of at whatever moment in time in your life? Children, family, friends, colleagues, bosses, taxi driver, 
garbage man, somebody's dog, something like that. That's it for tonight.